So this movie is called Captain America Civil War. Yes. It feels like an Avengers movie more than a Captain America movie. Yes. Why do you um, think that is? It is because it is. I call the I call this what I call this the third Avengers movie. Because you have you have Avengers, you have Avengers Age of Ultron, you have Captain America Civil War, then you have Avengers Infinity War, and you have uh, Avengers Endgame. This is this is a Captain America movie insofar as it is dealing with something specific to Cap. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely a proof of concept for Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. When I first watched this movie, I realized really quickly that Marvel wanted to see if they could do a huge ensemble cast and not make it clunky. And they do a really good job. I mean, this movie does so much heavy lifting. Uh, it's not too long. How long is it? Uh, what's the running time? Like two, it has it, to be 2.15, 2.30, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's somewhere right around there. It's, uh, so like it's not 2.30 with, with credits. Yeah, so it's not incredibly long. It has all these different characters. And part of it is, too, is like we know these characters. We've seen them before. So we don't have to get reintroduced to them. They can just have these little moments here and there. Right. Uh, and I think, that's what the, I think that's what the movie does. Like, it gives us, like, it gives us two or three, like, four minutes here with these characters, three minutes here. They give them some dialogue to create some kind of personal space but we never have to get really down to the dumps. The only place where we have to spend an enormous amount of time as far as the movie is concerned is with Spider-Man because we have to reintroduce Spider-Man, which is a whole thing. So this it's hard, too, because um, I, it, I guess if people ask what's the best Captain America movie, you could probably say it's, it's Winter Soldier um, because this movie isn't really a Captain America movie that much. Yeah. Um, but I still think that Chris Evans pulls a lot of weight in the movie. I still think that there are some elements of Captain America that are highlighted somewhat. Um, but you can definitely see a lot of places where Tony Stark slash Robert Downey Jr. is like just shoving his way back in, man. Like he's like, right. I am not retired. I am not leaving. I am in this movie, man, and I am I'm doing it. You gotta accept the fact that Iron Man's here. Uh and it's it is what it is. Um you brought up recently that uh, Kevin Feige said they're not doing those long-term contracts anymore. Uh huh. Well, he was—that's what he said. He was thinking about doing those, or they're not. Okay. So who knows? It could be yeah. they might not do it for everybody, but not doing these long-term contracts is going to affect them. But oh yeah. Um, but here we have. I mean, look. I just, I'm just looking at the IMB. I'm just going to read off the list of the top one. These aren't these aren't even all the characters. Okay. Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stane, Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner. Chadwick Boseman, Paul Pitney, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd, Emily Van Champ, uh, Tom Holland, Daniel Brühl, uh, Frank Grillo, William Hurt, Martin Freeman, Marissa Tomei. Like, what? And, like, uh, this is so many different It's full of people. Like, just logistically, like, have you ever tried to plan, like, a house party or, like, a wedding? Like, yeah. how do you do – how do you get – all these people into a sound studio uh, and get them in costume and have them do their lines. Like, how do you, I, I, I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. There was another movie that was similar in the amount of uh, just recognizable names, but I think this one's got to be. All right. Um, my first question for you is about the red book that has a star on it at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
basically, I guess it's the manual for the Winter Soldier in this movie. Yes. Does that come from the comics? Is there any kind of a greater history about that book? No. No, okay. it's, 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 it's strictly for um, the movie. And uh, the idea is that... Um, and if you look and in the rich in the in in Winter Soldier, there's no ideas that um the Winter Soldier is, is being kinda of like used like like hypnotic suggestion type deal. We actually get a lot of this stuff from Black Widow. If you just if you watch Black Widow Widow, they add a lot of information about how the technology they used to control people in Black Widow was was taken from the Winter Soldier Project. I right. Don't know. Yeah. So the Winter Soldier Project uh, allows, like, yeah, the, you know, the have, red the red room I think was set up because of the success that they had with the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of this, like, so in the movie, in this movie in particular, they set up the idea that um, the uh, that Bucky is it has a, you could say a few keywords to Bucky and then he'll do whatever you say. Uh, and so, no, that's not from the comic. That's like a. It's not a few. It's a. It's a long list of keywords long list. you have to say to yeah. him. Yeah, which is it's a, it's a really interesting list. Uh, one of the words is homecoming, and then um, the Spider-Man movie is called Homecoming, which right. is I'm I'm pretty sure that some Marvel exec was like make it make him say Homecoming. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yep. like why? Just just do it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm weird. pretty sure you're right. Yeah. In our last podcast, we talked about how good Marvel is getting at de-aging their actors. Yeah. Uh, That was with um, Michael Douglas and a young version of Hank Pym. Mm -hmm. They did an even better job in this movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and a young version of Tony Stark who looks like he's straight out of an 80s movie. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of it's kind of insane how good yeah, they are I mean, doing that. His parents looked good, but Tony Stark looked weird. But well, I guess he looked accurate. But yeah, it's just so insane. He, I mean, how, he looked. It looked like you could believe that that was a person in the room, though. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, but do but do remember, like we are saying, how good they are at de aging. But do remember that in Captain America. Um, Still, they they somehow put Chris Evans' his face on his little skinny kid and, and made it look yeah. completely believable. So, I right, mean, right, it's not totally um, out, out of realm of comprehension they could do that. But yeah, they're doing really well. Uh, and, and just to add on to this, um, no, the Winter Soldier did not kill Tony Stark's parents in the comics. Just to let that just to let that in there. That's not that's not comic accurate as well. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Robert Downey, I just checked, Robert Downey Jr. was in Less Than Zero, that movie. Yeah, yeah. And I Absolutely. think, uh, I th- like, that's, that's the movie that shot into my head as I was watching this um, last night, is uh, he looks like a, it, it looks like they just lifted him out of another timeline from that era and put him in this movie. I, Man, I, I, was, I was really impressed by it. I don't know what we're going to do when... This these like I hope hopefully you know hopefully the government has like some way to make sure that this kind of technology isn't just getting out everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel Studios can do it, but it would take millions of dollars for someone to take like let's say President Obama's face and and do something with that um, massively on a massive scale. But um, it would not that far away from it. Like at some point, someone's going to put it onto a an iPhone app that's going to look that's like bizarre and then we're all going to probably die. <laughs> I mean they, they can already do it to where the average person looking at it can't tell a difference pretty well, pretty quickly. 
we're really going to be uh, in bad shape when experts can't tell that a, a video has been doctored. Yeah, like, I don't know what we're going to do. I, 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 at, that, at that point, I think I'm just going to pack it up, move to a cabin, and just be like, I'm no, I don't want to be around you guys anymore. <laughs> right. You know, I, like this, that's my plan. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so before we get started, I know you have some questions and stuff, and that's great, but I want to kind of establish that. This movie's doing two different things. So, first, um, I want to tell the listeners about um, the, the original Civil War comic. So, in the original Civil War comic, what happened was that a group of people called the New Warriors, which was Speedball, Normal Rita, and a few others, um, went to some kind of suburb in the Midwest, I think, to find some supervillains. And they were part of a reality TV show. So they had a camera crew in the comics. They had a camera crew follow them as they were going after these supervillains. And they were on TV. And um, the supervillains were like, and at the time, some of the new warriors were like, we shouldn't really go after these guys. They're kind of higher power than we need to take out. Like, we don't really need to do this. And one of the characters named Speedball, who was the leader at the time, was like, no, we need the ratings. We need people to see us do this. Let's do it. And they went after them. And one of the characters, one of the supervillains ended up um, exploding and killing the entire town. Uh, like, a, it was a compl- like, like thousands of people died. Uh, and at that point, um, the, the mutants of the world had a tragedy where there weren't as many mutants in, in the world as, as normal. And that kind of goes to one to Maximoff. Um, but there were some other things that happened that the government was like, you know what? This is over. And they created a superhero registration act, which was if you're a superhero or you have superpowers, you have to register for the government or you have to stop. You have to retire or you can be arrested. And is that where of, the Sar- Sarkovian Accords yes, come from? Yes, okay. 100%. So this actually calls back to something called the Mutant Registration Act, which was an X-Men concept where the government wanted to get mutants to register. So if you were a mutant, you'd have to go to the government, register, and say, hey, I'm a mutant. But mutants, of course, didn't want to do that because once you create a register of mutants, then the government can come after you. And so what happened with the Superhero Registration Act is that some superheroes, like Iron Man, um, Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four, and a few others, uh, lots of others, actually, a lot of them said, okay, this is the right thing to do. If we register, the government will still let us be superheroes. But there's a couple of different requirements. One you have to, you know, do what the government says. And then two, you have to reveal your identity. So, mm-hmm. like, so, so, for example, a big, a, tr- a really tr- amazing moment happened. I think in the third, ep- the third issue of the comic is Spider-Man swings on stage, takes off his mask and says, my name is Peter Parker. I've been Spider-Man since I was 15 years old. And what? Th- th- yeah. And dude, I can't tell you how traumatic that was. It's like you have read comics your entire life. Spider-Man joined the Avengers in that time period, and he mm-hmm. and Iron Man became kind of a mentor to him, and Iron Man convinced him to do it. And the idea was if Spider-Man can reveal his identity, then more people will do it. And, dude, like I was reading the comic, and I got chills. Like Spider-Man has spent his entire life, Peter Parker has spent his entire life protecting his identity. And once right. he takes off his mask and says who he is, everything changes, like, completely. And this is a, this is a moment where him and, he and Mary Jane are still married. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But at That's some so po- weird. I didn't really know that the um, mentorship between mm-hmm. Iron Man and Spider-Man was there in the comics. I thought they just made that up for the MCU. 
No, so so Spider-Man joins the Avengers, and then Iron Man recognizes how smart Spider-Man is, um, Peter Parker is, and they start working together, and they start, you know, being, you know, like, doing a lot of stuff together, and then eventually Iron Man's like, you know what, you need some, you can be a better hero than you are. Like, you do good work as Spider-Man, but you're, you can be much more, and, and Spider-Man gets a new suit and everything, and it's, it's really cool. But at some point, um, Peter Parker realizes that he was wrong. He rejects it, and he ends up leaving the the um, Iron Man Avengers and joins the Captain America Avengers. So Captain America and a few others say, we don't like the Registration Act. We refuse to do it. And they go underground. And so you have uh, a group of uh, heroes. Like I think, they, I think they call themselves the New Avengers, which is led by Captain America, and a group of Avengers called um, the Mighty Avengers, led by Iron Man. So you have two different groups of Avengers. And in the comics, they, go, they do fight. They fight viciously. There's like so. There's like a major fight between the two of them. I mean, at, at one point, at the first, at the first fight, Iron Man almost beats Captain America to death. If you, when you watched the movie at the end of Captain America: Civil War, do you remember where Iron Man tells uh, Fry to analyze Captain America's fight patterns? Um. No. <laughs> so, I th- so if you watch the movie, there's a scene where Captain America is just beating up on Iron Man, beating him up, and and Fry is like, "You can't beat Captain America hand to hand. You can't do it." And then Iron Man's like, "Analyze his fight patterns." And so the the Iron Man suit analyzes Captain America's fighting abilities and then beats him. Right? He oh, I do remember shield. that now. Yeah. So in the comics, that that does. So happen. the suit was actually doing some of the movie yes. for him. Okay. No, the suit was doing all the moving for him. So yeah. in in the in the comics that ha- that does happen. Captain Ma- like Iron Man says, "I studied your fight abilities," and then he just be- he almost kills Captain America. And and there's a there's a there's at the end of that issue uh, at the at the time Thor was gone and nobody knew what Thor was, but then he shows back up. And then it turns out that it wasn't Thor. It was an android created by Iron Man and, and Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards. And the Thor android kills this guy named Goliath. This huge, like this, this guy who um, had this had resizing tech from Hank Pym. Um, he, I, the Thor like shoots a lightning bolt through his chest and kills him. It's like what? And like it's just like so much stuff like this in this comic. It's really traumatic. Uh, the civil, the original Civil War comic changed the Marvel comics. It changed it completely because all it's like it's not like at some point they all got back together and started hugging. No, at the end of Civil War, they're still they still are split up. Uh, it sets up for Captain America to get to get murdered. Um, Spider Man is on the run and and, ha- and has to like um, stay hidden. So many other um, like. Um, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman from the from the Fantastic Four almost have a divorce. Like it's it just keeps like it just changes everything. And at one point, because of all the stuff in the Civil War, uh, Harry Osborn, the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man comics, ends up becoming Secretary of Defense and ends up like corrupting the Avengers. It brings supervillains in to become Avengers. It's a really dark time. And this this lasts for a long, long time. It's like, it's like, it's one of these things that happens and it's like, at the time, the, um, the editors and publishers were like, everything you know about the Marvel comic universe is about to change. And that we were like, yeah, whatever. You say that every summer. But mm-hmm. no, it does completely change. And part of me is, is probably one of the reasons why I left I stopped reading comics for a while. 
It's because it was just too much change. Uh, it was just too, like, too much. And, like, even, right. the, even the feeling of comic books, especially from Marvel Comics, even the, spe- even the feeling of Marvel Comics hasn't settled down yet. It still feels... It doesn't feel like it used to feel. It used to feel like you could read a comic book and it didn't have long-term implications. Like, you didn't have to sense the problems of other comic books. But yeah, like it, that- Comics used to see... I mean, I, you know, I'm not a comic book reader, but this is my outside impression, was that it was kind of like The Simpsons. You know, The Simpsons have been going for how many years and the kids are the same yeah. age? You yeah, know? no, yeah, yeah. Nothing but- ever... You've always got the Simpsons. They're yeah. always there. They're 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 what they are. Yeah, and and the and the Civil War comic changed everything. This and this watched that way. So the movie itself doesn't represent that as much. But the Civil War movie, Captain America: Civil War, does change a lot. It does. It does. It does totally fracture. It does. I, I you know what? It does change a lot. The, the, the ramifications are pretty are pretty. Um, noticeable so yeah if you take the comic and then you take the movie they, they they represent each other pretty well that was a long long rant um i think i represented it pretty good well when you first started out i was thinking about how every now and then you'll pitch like you should really read this series of comics um and i was like man this really sounds like something i'd like to actually try to read oh but then okay. as, you, as you kept as you kept going on it sounds like it's too much like it's how many how many issues does this span it's, it's It's six issues. Okay. It's, so, it's a six-issue self-contained, but there are a lot of spinoffs. So, it's, so whenever they do these big summertime, like, big summertime uh, comic-like things, uh, mm-hmm. they, get, they, have, they have a lot of different spinoffs and different series, but they have a six-contained issues. I can send okay. you a link to the six-contained issues, and you can, and you can definitely get it. It's worth watching. It's worth, if, even if you don't know anything about comics, you'll read it and understand, wow, this is, this is traumatic. Okay, that's um, definitely something we should put in the show notes. Then. Yeah, I'll do that. That, that does sound like it could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And okay. I feel like, so I feel like that Marvel always knew this was coming in the cinematic universe, and mm-hmm. it, there's always been tension between Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, and Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, and I, and I like that the the tension comes to a head here. It feels real, um, but the emotional issue where where a soldier kills tony stark's mom and dad and that's why there's tension between steve and tony that doesn't happen in the in the in the comics so that's that's important to know i feel like this sort of thing works really well in live action movies because you got to have something that kind of triggers um the group breaking up or people being you know, ending their contracts basically with the movie studio, um, so you can bring in some fresh actors. But yeah, I mean, if, as if, a if, comic book creator, it's got to be very frustrating. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and to be honest with you, the the tension between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers in the comics has always been there somewhat, but not not as apparent as it is in the movies. Um, but what I also like about Civil War is that this is a place where we finally understand that there is a, a, a plan. And we, and we understand that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a plan to get us to uh, Infinity War and Endgame. And Civil War is like that. Is like th- this movie is pinnacle. Like If we don't have this movie, we don't have the rest of them. And so I really feel like this movie does a really good job getting us ready for all the next big movies. 
Yeah, I, I didn't remember this being as, uh, uh, you know, the rift being as big as it is in the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's called Civil War. I should have remembered that, I guess. But it, it, it seemed, you know, watching these movies the first time, I was definitely not making all the connections between them. I was just kind of watching each one almost like a standalone, you know, movie. Um, not really making the connections, but getting getting some of them. Like obviously, I know Sam Wilson. We saw him in Ant Man, and we saw him in, in earlier things and things like that. But rewatching these and and doing this podcast with you, I am able to see this movie in a completely different way than the way I saw it uh, the first time. And I think I've I've now only seen it twice. So I saw it once. When it first came out, and once now after we've done the podcast, and just I've seen this movie like easily ten times. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I watched it so much. Is this one like when I so when I take plane trips, I I watch movies on the plane. Mm-hmm. I get I get I get a little nervous on planes sometimes, and so movies these movies calm me down. I think this movie is like kind of like a nice little piece of cake for me. I get to sit down and and I know what's going to happen, and it's fun. So I just get, I just I just push play and you know take off so i, I kind of this is one of the reasons why i guess right. i do that i think i think either one of my early or my very first plane trips i took a rainbow six movie with me or not a rainbow six movie a rainbow six book with me to um read on mm-hmm. the plane and i start reading it and and it's about like a plane oh, being no. hijacked oh. i'm like oh my god why did i bring this book that's so funny um but that's yeah so it's kind of crazy um, but there's so there's so much to this movie. Like so, for example, um, in this movie, um, they have that big fight at the airport, and the vision accidentally hits uh, the the war machine suit, and that's how uh, Rhodey gets hurt. Uh, yeah. In in the comics, that doesn't happen, but Rhodey does get hurt in the comics. He does become. I don't know if it's paralyzed, but he does become he does he does become dependent on the suit at one point, and so that's accurate. They yeah. also plant the seeds for Wanda and Vision to have a romantic relationship, so that's mm-hmm. in the comics. Uh, what else? Um, Wanda. It, so this is I, I don't know if we, I don't know if we've had this debate or not. Maybe I think I had this debate on Twitter. So at, we we understand that um, Crossbones, who is who is in the comics, Crossbones, who and Captain America fight. Uh, that dude. I'm glad you brought him up because that was one thing I wanted to say too. Is you know I'm making all these connections. Definitely the first time I saw this movie, that was just some random bad guy. Yeah. He didn't, know, he didn't had, know he was from had, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know he was from Winter Soldier. He was, he was from the first Captain America too, wasn't he? Or was it mm-hmm. just Winter Soldier? Just Winter Soldier. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know who that guy was, so it was kind of cool yeah. seeing this again and, and seeing that. Uh, oh, oh that's, that's him. And I actually know. I, I, I know who he is and what his name is. Yeah. So he ends up blowing himself up to kill Cap, and Wanda stops it from happening. She uses her abilities as a force field to stop him from exploding. Right. But then she has to make a choice. Does she keep him ground? So here's the three choices she has to make. One, does she stop the explosion? If she doesn't, Cap- she and Captain America and everybody on the ground dies. So she's exactly. like, okay, right. I-, I will stop the explosion. But now mm-hmm. what does she lift? So if she-, she can't hold the field for long. Right. So she either can keep the field down on the ground and then explodes and kills them, or she can lift it off the ground. She mm-hmm. does that, but then the field breaks and it kills 
the Wakandans in the building. And probably least, nowhere near as many people as if she had not done anything or kept it on the ground. Yeah, and listen, I I understand what the movie is trying to convey, but if the movie is trying to convey that she's too powerful and she's like a weapon that needs to be controlled, because they did kind of say that, like, it's like she's under house arrest, you know, she's like people are afraid of her. Like she does, she doesn't establish that she's that powerful there. Yeah, it's that's kind of um, that's not a moment that says, "Hey, I'm super powerful." It's almost a moment, "Hey, I'm actually pretty weak." You know, <laughs> like and, and we and if you look at what she could do later in Wandavision, she mm-hmm. manipulates matter and energy and people's minds on a huge scale. Right, right. she controls right. an entire town for a number of, and she recreates her vision and she also creates her children who have powers the idea that she's not powerful is, is this very i mean i mentioned this on twitter and people were like well blah blah blah, blah. and having to fight on twitter is kind of pointless i don't even know why i'm bringing it up it's but just, the point they're just for fun you're not gonna yeah, change yeah, anything but it's not, rarely and, will you change with someone's yeah, mind and, and it's not fun anyway but like the idea that the movie says oh we need to establish that wonder is dangerous but then by her by her doing that it's not established uh yeah it's a classic it's the classic trolley problem right yeah yeah Yeah, and and i mean if i was wanda i'd be like this sucks people died but at the same time like i did the best i could and it's not my she saved way more people and it's not her fault like that's the thing like she didn't she she didn't didn't create the explosion the explosion was already there the guy the guy exploded yeah, so it's not her fault. So it's like it's a it's a lot going on with that. But I understand what the what the show is trying to do. But I I also think the movie doesn't know the movie doesn't say hey this is the reason. We also got that that nice scene between Tony Stark and that mother who lost her son mm-hmm. that establishes even more of the reason. Right? It's like okay now we have Tony who thinks we're going too far. We have the Avengers making a huge mistake, and now we, and then we have this the we have Thunderbolt Ross coming in saying that they need to be restricted well and the whole it's called the sokovian accord so it all goes back to yeah um the earlier movie where age of ultron Sokovia, yeah. yeah age of ultron where sokovia drops on uh, yeah and kill, yeah kills if, a bunch if, of people yeah. if we had six if, if we had six people who every time they show up like thousands of an entire country is destroyed or New yeah. York's destroyed. Like, I think the government would, like, we would have had a restriction a long, long time ago. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was like, when I saw, what was the movie with New York? That was uh, the first Avengers movie, right? The first one, yeah. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, man, uh, they could definitely, I mean, they did save a lot of people. If they hadn't done anything, basically the entire world would have been. Yeah. Uh, either destroyed or enslaved, uh, but on the other hand, they were, they were pretty wanton in their destruction of New York. Well, I mean, um, if you, I felt that even more so than with the Sokovian thing because that's kind of another, almost another tr- trolley problem, but not as not as clear cut as what happened with Wanda. Yeah, and I always think of it like this: like we have people in our society who have. Uh, who don't have accountability, who, who like police officers, and I'm not trying to get anybody's you know, feathers ruffled, but a lot of police officers, officers uh, mishandle their abilities to kind of 
uh, they don't have any accountability and they abuse that. Right. So imagine someone who can lift a car, right? Yeah. Or yeah. someone who can who has the technology to rocket through a city in seconds, or someone who's so skilled that they can shoot an arrow without looking, or you know, or so or someone who um who is a robot who do, you know, or or Wanda's abilities like. If those people don't have a higher moral grounds, like imagine the destruction. And to be honest with you, yeah, the they, Marvel they can't movies, all be Captain America. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Marvel does a really good job of of establishing that. Hey, uh, these people are superheroes, but they all have a moral core, you know. Uh, but imagine if I mean I don't know if you ever there's a there's a show on uh, I think Amazon Prime called Invisible. I haven't watched all of it, but it's, like, it's an animated show, but it kind of highlights what would happen if we had superheroes in our society that didn't have morals, and it's like, oh my goodness. But anyway. Mm. Okay. Keep going. I don't know if you've, if you've asked a question or not yet, so now's, now's your uh, turn. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I actually have. We get um, bigger to it. This is just a question for you as a comic book creator, all right? Sure. So this meant nothing to me, but... So you mentioned already who died in that explosion. Yeah. It, it was the Wakandans. Yeah. Now it's, uh, you know, it's, it's them dying is when you first really hear that name. But as a comic book creator, how stoked were you to hear the Wakandans mentioned in the MCU? Really, I mean, just to, ha- just to, just to know that we're about to get Black Panther into the MCUs, I'm really stoked. Like, I'm pretty excited. Um, it, took a, it took a while, but... Um, I mean, Black Panther's been in the comics for a very, very long time. And so to have him in there and to have Wakanda and the idea of vibranium and really have that whole, it just establishes that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to branch out and do even more stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Okay. Super yeah, excited. I thought it was really kind of, this is another one where they introduce a major character in a prior movie. I don't, I don't think I like that pattern. Well, I mean, they, in, to be honest with you, um, they, they so this movie has a couple of different problems. One, they don't have enough superheroes to actually have a big fight scene just yet. They need they need to bring in probably two more. And so having, you know, T'Challa show up as the Black Panther and then having um, Peter Parker show up as Spider-Man, that that deal, that that solves that problem. And two, I mean, people went to people went to this movie to see the premiere of the black Panther. Like there was a lot of people who's like, I'm going to see this just so I can see black Panther. And then they said, okay, now I'm going to see the, and then you had people who saw civil war and the people who saw civil war because of the black Panther. And those two groups said, man, I can't wait to see black Panther because he was so cool in this movie. And so I know how you feel about that, Mike, but Marvel and Disney have people who show people numbers and says when you re- when you introduce right. a superhero in a superhero movie, I, more people I definitely watch get the it next from movie. that angle. I definitely get yeah. it from that angle, but from just like the uh, handling of the character is is where I don't like it. I like to see. I mean, sometimes it makes sense, uh, but sometimes it feels uh, forced. Yeah, there's nothing you can really do about that. It it does feel. There's a couple of different places that it feels forced, and when you look at Spider Man, um. I remember like Hawk- seeing Hawkeye in the first Thor movie is probably the, the most egregious. Oh yeah, that. that was absolutely terrible. Um, but when you look at Spider-Man, I don't know if you remember when the Civil War trailer first came out. I was in my office and I saw on Twitter, Civil War trailer's out. And I watched it and then I didn't see anything as far as um, um, 
uh, uh, spoilers. But then I saw at the very end that Spider-Man swung in. You have to remember that Spider-Man, that Marvel sold their rights to Spider-Man to Sony, and no one knew that Marvel was going to buy him back. And so to see Spider-Man in a Marvel movie for the very first time with all these other people, just I was so, so excited. Like, you don't even understand. Not just because... Um, it's Spider-Man, but also because finally Marvel um, got Spider-Man back when they can put him in these movies. Like, it's really, really, really awesome. Um, just Right. It was, it was a few incredible. years too late, though, uh, because on the, the, the perfect way to have introduced Spider-Man would have been in the first Avengers movie uh, when they are in New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it would have been great. But um, yeah. But I mean, you got to do what you got to do, and I, I, I kind of feel like this was great. I mean, and I, I love Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I have mm-hmm. issues with the first two Tom Holland Spider Man movies. Yeah, I don't really like this. I, I like him as Spider Man. I liked, I liked, I, d- I liked the first one. I don't like I, the second one. Yeah, I like the first one. Um, I like the first one. Uh, I definitely don't like the second one as much. Um, but I think when I was rewatching this movie and seeing young Tom Holland in this movie, that made me even more uh, disappointed with what they did with his standalone movies. Because, you know, I grew up watching the Spider-Man comics or not comics, um, cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my biggest problem with the Spider-Man movies is we don't get to see Spider-Man as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh yeah, he's, that's a, that's a, that's he's a not big... just swinging around New York and dealing with you know yeah, uh, criminals and and uh, villains. That's what I want to see out of Spider Man. No, that's a big complaint. A lot of people agree with you. A lot of people, and I think the next movie is going going to address that. Um, we we have seen like the first movie, he's doing that a little bit, but I think that and this is off the we're actually getting sidetracked, so I'm gonna go try to get us back on track. But I think that the Marvel cinematic, the MCU people are like. You had Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, and then you had Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. He's, do you have five movies where Spider-Man's swinging through New York? How many more movies do you guys want? And so, I, mean, I mean, as many I, as you can do. And, and no, I agree with you. That's and my like, answer. No, the fantasy of Spider-Man is seeing him swing through New York. That is it. Like, if, you, if we don't right. see him swinging through New York, then what's the fantasy? So, yeah. Anyway, let's, 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 let's get back on track. You get well, more. one last thing before we get back on track is I just really wish that back when he was cast as Spider-Man, Disney Plus existed and they could have at least done a series on Disney Plus where it's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. And, oh, oh, man, cool. I, I, I really wish they could have done that. I guess they could still do it and de-age him uh, in the series the same way they de-age uh, Tony Stark in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, fingers crossed that that happens. I highly doubt it, but that would be amazing. I would love it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll have to just wait and see. Yeah. All right. Um, in this movie, uh, so they're signing the Sokovian Accords and I assume a UN building somewhere and, uh, someone blows up a van outside, uh, T'Challa sees it like a second before it actually happens. So he tells everybody to to stand back. Um but he was he was the closest to the windows. Um he was closer to the windows than his father was. He jumps to try to save his father and he's in midair when the explosion hits. So he actually gets like blown off to the side. Um 
However, his father dies, and he is apparently unscathed. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because he's cast. He has superpowers. All right, tell me about the superpowers, because I don't, I don't really remember those or understand them. So, if, when we get to Black Panther, the, comp, the movie, we can establish more. But at some point, so the Black Panther is the guardian of Wakanda, and when you become Black Panther, you get you take. You drink this like essence, this herb, and it gives you super hearing. It gives you um, better eyesight. It gives you super speed. It gives you super strength. It's more resilient. So think of it as uh, you know how Captain America is has a super soldier serum. It's like that, but a more okay. organic version. Uh, and T'Chaka, his father, uh, was a Black Panther at one point, but because he was getting older. He gave up the serum. He stopped taking it, or he he took something to get rid of the abilities and gave the abilities to his son. So, hmm. um, so that's why uh, T'Challa is able to hear something wrong a second before it happens, and that's why he's able to jump. And it's also why he's able to survive the blast because he does have uh, he he is enhanced in that way. Okay, well, that does actually answer that for me because I had to rewind that a few times just to see what the heck happened. And why he was totally okay. So mm-hmm. that that explains it. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Um, we've got a, a character called Everett Ross in this yes. movie. Yes. Uh, is he related to Thunderbolt Ross? No, Everett Ross is related is not related to Thunderbolt Ross. And the only reason Everett Ross is in that is because there was an early Black Panther comic where his he worked for the UN. Uh, and he was so he was he, he being for, uh, Black Panther. No, Everett Ross worked for the UN, and okay. Black Panther visited New York, and Everett Ross was in charge of um, making sure that that Black Panther didn't get into trouble. It's actually that it, that series of Black Panther is actually a lot of fun, uh, and mm-hmm. so I, I kind of wish that um, I kind of wish the movies kind of reflected that. But Black Panther, that's, that's um, uh, I don't know. It sounds kind of like a coming to America style. It, it, it's very similar. So what happens is Black Panther, it's, it's a long story. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rush through it. I'm glad that you said it sounds similar. because I, <laughs> I almost didn't say that because I, am I just being racist right now? No, no, it's not racist. It's, it's, okay. it's, it was it established that. So Black Panther right. at some point uh, kind of adopts a child in New York. The child is end up getting killed by some kind of random event. The Black Panther comes from Wakanda to New York to investigate it. And then Everett Ross is in charge of making sure that the Black Panther doesn't do Black Panther stuff. And the Black mm. Panther ends up doing Black Panther stuff. But it ends up happening is that Mephisto, uh, the, the devil himself, kind of, uh, is, is why the young girl died. And then it's a whole, it's crazy. It's actually a crazy event. It's, 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 it's good. It's good, though. It's good, though. But anyway, um, getting off track. You, you just brought up Mephisto. Uh, and uh, against the Black Panther is is there like um a tighter connection between Mephisto and Spider Man than Black Panther or no Mephisto has some connections to pretty much all the Marvel I like, guess some point Mephisto showed up in in a, in a ton of other uh, comics okay. so that's like it's it's so kind of like a general yeah he'll fight a, all the superheroes he's a general jerk and like he's always <laughs> causing some problems right. Um, so, but anyway, we're way off track now. But um, Everett Ross is from a Black Panther comic, and, and it's, he's a lot of fun that comic. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I was um, M- Martin Freeman's kind of a 
heavy hitter actor to bring in for what seems like a very side character. So I was kind of curious. Yeah, about and, that. And, yeah. In the in the comics, he's funny, and in the movie, he's not. So it is what it is. <laughs> and Martin Freeman could definitely play that character funny if he wanted to. Yeah, I would have so liked that's, it. That's strange. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, I've told you I really like um, Edgar Wright movies. Mm. Martin Freeman is in Edgar Wright's The World's End. So oh, I should yet watch another that. reason to check that movie out. Okay. Uh, all right, what you got? All right, Spider-Man and his web shooters. Uh, and this was a point of conversation when uh, I was watching the movie with my family. So in this movie, he's got web shooters that he designed and created the goo that goes in them, whatever, mm-hmm. to create the spider webs. Mm-hmm. Have there been other movies where it's like just a natural ability he has that he's augmented somehow? And and how does that relate to the comics? What can you tell us about, about that? In, in the original Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 by Sam Raimi, uh, he has organic web shooters in his arms. So that's in those really? three movies. Yes. I did not remember. I thought for sure he had web shooters in those first no. three movies. It was actually a huge bone of contention um, because when the original Spider-Man movie came out with, um, what's his face? What's his actor's name? Tobey Maguire? Yeah, when Tobey Maguire, people got really upset because one of the things about Peter Parker is that he's supposed to be smart. And he was so. I thought smart. I remembered him creating web shooters. No, in, he didn't. The, no, no, he didn't. Hmm. And so right. because he because he didn't create his own web shooters, people got really upset. In hmm. the Amazing Spider-Man one and two, he does create his own web shooters, which people liked. Uh, okay. Marvel did retcon it so that Spider-Man went through a biological experience where his 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 abilities were enhanced in the comics and he ended up getting organic web shooters and it's supposed to be, it was supposed to bridge the gap between the movies and the comics. Um, but after civil war, um, they retconned it back to where he had. <laughs> so they said, okay, he made his web shooters. No, he has organic web shooters. No, he makes his web shooters again. And making his web shooters are really important because it shows how smart and industrious Peter Parker is. Uh, right. I think, and I am on team web shoot. I'm on team make your web shooters. I like the yeah. idea that he makes those. I think it's I, important. I'm, I'm on that team so much that I did not remember him not having web shooters in the Tommy McGuire series. Yeah. Um, so, and, so that's that. Um, and uh, in the, I me, mean, of course, in, um, in Civil War, Tony Stark probably, you know, takes or, or has his team. I mean, Peter Parker's smart, but Tony Stark is smart as well. So, Tony was very impressed that uh, he made his own web shooters. Yeah. So he was able to take the formula and make it for himself. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That answers that. You did bring up the Friday AI uh, earlier, talking about the big battle between Cap and Iron Man at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's a replacement for Jarvis, right? Since Jarvis has now become Vision Vision in the MCU. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that they're isn't a Friday AI in the comics. I don't think so. Um, okay. I don't think so. I don't, 100%. I'm going to say no, but I could be wrong. I can actually tell you in three seconds if I'm right or not. Uh, okay. There are. Well, there is. There is, but it wasn't until after the movie. After the movie. Right. Yeah, that doesn't count. All right. Um, no, you yeah, know so what? I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. 
It showed yeah. up in 2002. So she was, a, she, she was a VI. She was a virtual intelligence. Hmm. Okay. So I'm wrong. So no, yes, she is in the comics. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. When was the first Iron Man movie? 19, uh, 2000, I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. Uh... Uh, 2008. So yeah, so Sprite's been around. Well, I didn't know that. So that's interesting. Sprite's okay. been around quite as well. It was a virtual. It was a virtual secretary. That's yeah. interesting. It's probably the inspiration for Jarvis. Then I'm kind of curious why they went with Jarvis in the first Iron Man movie instead of Friday. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I don't know. That's a great question. You know, that's, these are all great questions. I didn't know that. Hmm. That's re- that's really interesting. Cool. All right, well, I think that answers everything on, on that one. Um, okay, in this uh, movie, we see Ant-Man again. He, yep. he comes from one of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh, we see big Ant-Man in this movie. I think you already told us big Ant-Man is actually called Giant-Man. Yes. Okay. He moves kind of slow in this movie. Well, I mean, so... Yeah, you would think that if you grew big, you would still have the agility and mobility you would normal size. But uh, I think if you look at if you so you play video games and you've watched mo- like superhero movies, but playing video games is a better description. If mm-hmm. you have a video game and you have like one, ab- you have like let's say you have an ability, you always have to have a trade off. Like you get super strength and you're really big, but you're slow. Right. Right. Or, hey, you're super small and you're fast, but you're weak, you know, and like you like like and most people when they're playing video games, they try to find a good balance between all that to a point where you have a certain kind of speed, but you also have a certain level of strength. But so they couldn't have, you know, uh, Scott Lang become giant, but then be able to be super fast. It would look funny on screen, first of all, uh, Mm -hmm. and and it, it would also overpower him. So that's why he's slow like that. Should he be faster when he's small then? He is fast when he's small, though. He's super quick. Mm, seems like he runs at normal speed. I don't know. He bounces around. He's just, no, he, no he's fast. Yeah, he does. He can't jump really far when he's small. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's super, yeah, he's fast. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. I really like that fight. I really like that airport fight scene. And, and when I saw, and I didn't know that John, I didn't know that Scott Lane would go, would go big. Uh, that was a big surprise to me, and when it happened, I got I, I flipped out. I was super excited because, like, <laughs> it's like once again the MCU is dedicating itself to the comics again, and having him get big like that is just a nice a nice call out to the comics. It's really fun, right? Okay. Uh, there were several more Winter Soldiers in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they never really did much, but we saw that there were five other Winter Soldiers uh, kept in a bunker. On, mm. on ice, basically. Yeah. Is that uh, no, no, comic I mean, accurate? Or? There, it, there's tons of instances in the comics you have superpowered villains everywhere. But there's no... I mean, like, like, I mean Winter Soldiers, like, no. from the same program. No, no, as no. As the no, Winter no. Soldier. No, 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 no. So it was kind of a one-off. They were like, oh, we did really great with that. Let's try to do the Red Room and uh, kidnap a bunch of... Uh, Orphaned yeah. girls and stuff like that. Yeah, so there wasn't, like, I mean, and, yeah, so there wasn't. And, and to be honest with you, so we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you look at Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if we look at Iron Man, uh, no, if we, no, if we look at, maybe Iron Man 3 kind of counts, if we look at uh, all these different movies, there's all this 
it, the super the super soldier serum is not that hard to get. <laughs> and like, like we keep seeing these instances that they keep having it. And like I just at some point uh, I'm kind of I'm getting kind of tired of it. To be honest with you, it's like I understand that Captain America was a super soldier, the best one they had, and had then the formula worked. But we keep seeing instances where the formulas out there, you know. And it's I think it's crazy that Howard Stark had the formula, um, right? And then like they and then Hydra stole it, and then they had their own formula, and it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. That's another of like, you know, back to the first two Iron Man movies where your your villain's basically a copy and paste of your hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, what else you got? One thing I did not like about this movie, and I just want you to comment on it, is I did not like the scene. Well, uh, leading up to this, a lot of people were kind of talking about Cap's shield, and they're like, you know, it doesn't really belong to you. I think Black Widow says that it's the government's property. Um, and then at the end of the movie, Cap leaves his shield with Tony because Tony says, you know, my dad made that. You don't deserve it. I did not like that at all. What do you think about it? Uh, it it's Cap's shield is my point. It's, it's Cap's for, shield. Anybody that thinks differently, you know. In order for you to appreciate it more, you have mm-hmm. to take it away. And that's mm-hmm. true. I mean, like, it hurts your heart when Captain America doesn't have his shield. Um, yeah. But when he gets it back, it's going to feel great. So that's that's all. That's it. So yeah, they have, I mean, there's a storyline where Captain America is in uh, in a U boat or a submarine, and he has to save a sailor, and uh, he uses a shield to protect himself from something, and and the boat blows up, but Captain and the and the girl is still alive. So he so Captain America is holding this woman. Uh, but his shield, he's underwater, and his shield is is hurling itself down to the abyss. And so Captain America is swimming to catch it. He's swimming to get it. And he's almost got it, but then he looks over, and the person he's holding is, like, suffering. Like, you could tell that she's about to, like, you know, die. So he has to make mm-hmm. a choice. Get the shield or save her. So, of course, he saves her. But then he, we don't get that shield back for, like, a year in comic terms. Uh, and, and so... <laughs> So for a year, Captain America doesn't have his shield. And no, I felt the same way. Like the day, like when I saw it, he's like, it's like, it's, 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 it's a great scene at the end. He, uh, there's a picture, a, a comic scene of him on a boat. And I say, I was like, hey, where's your shield? And then all Steve says is, it's gone. You know, and that's all he says. And you can feel the heartbreak, you know, and like we're heartbreaking. He's heartbroken. Uh, right. So, so when, when he does drop the shield and doesn't have it anymore, everybody is upset. But, um, you, but when we he when he gets it back at Endgame, it's just a great little scene and so much fun and you're so happy. So th- people are going to manipulate you in entertainment media. That's an easy manipulation. Like first, yeah. give you something that you love. Second, create an emotional bond to it. Third, take it away from you. You know, and like that right. kind of manipulation. Like I'm used to that because like that's what we teach in um, writing. Yeah, we teach, right. We teach that it exists, but also that we teach you. And that's a trope that you might want to not use because everybody over abuses it. But in yeah. movies, well, it's like those uh, it's like those logical fallacies that everybody teaches you about. Mm-hmm. Everybody um, uses it in the world, but you're not supposed to use it in academia because you're too smart. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, those things work really well. That's no, why yeah. That's why they're. That's why they had to call them out as logical fallacies. Yeah, logical fallacies, emotional manipulation works to the works super well against uneducated people, which is most people. And so, right. the, and even me, I, I mean, I, I, I study storytelling as, for a living, and I saw that scene where he drops the shield, and I'm like, well, that's a really good story beat. That's very well done, smart. But also, I'm thinking, ah. Uh, I want him to have shield. <laughs> you know, like, that sucks. It right. sucks. You know, but well, you, you mentioned on an earlier episode that you want to have a, a you want to have a, a version of the shield in your I do. in your house someday. I do. I really um, do. I think I get where you're coming from now. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> after it, after doing this podcast with you and rewatching these movies and seeing that scene. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, definitely. I I I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. I at one at some point I'm going to have to figure out a way to get my like a little dungeon basement game room mm-hmm. my wife is fighting me tooth and nail not to have that thing because she knows if i get it i'm never leaving so um, <laughs> so it's going to be a slow process to get it I have you I... looked in to see if there's places that um sell replica shields and oh yeah like you can made get out of you... metal and everything yeah you can get them online no problem they're expensive but you can get them yeah mm-hmm. mm. yeah you should, you should get it. one you should get one nah. for Christmas. Nah, Christmas. I don't. I don't want to take that from you. You should get one. We 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 both can have them. You know, <laughs> you know it's like it's yeah. Like we both can have our little Captain America shields. Um, but no, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, but more but more importantly, um, at the end of the movie, the Avengers are completely broken up, and this is really important because Thanos is coming, and the Avengers are not ready, and it's that's that's like really important to understand that. If the Avengers would have stayed together like they are and not mm-hmm. have any kind of problems, when Thanos showed up, they would have easily defeated him. Easily defeated him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Iron Man and everybody's working together as a big team and Thanos showed up, they wouldn't have stopped him. Like, they, they would have stopped him. No problem. But because they were separated, because like Division had to fight on his own and Wanda had to fight without on her own, and then because uh, Iron Man had to fight by himself because Spider-Man didn't have the proper training, he had all these different people. He had the Hulk, who didn't have control of his powers. Thor wasn't on planet. So you have all these different people separated. And then when Thanos came along, it makes complete sense that he's just able to destroy them, you know? And, like, it wasn't even difficult. Um, but, yeah, if, if if Civil War wouldn't have happened and they all were set together as a big team, it, it Thanos wouldn't have it, wouldn't have, wouldn't have any issues. Okay. Yeah, you make a good point there. All right. Is there anything else you want to tell us before we get into the credits? Um, not really. Uh, Sharon Carter is in this movie, but she is not used very well at all, which is it's always breaks my heart. Baron Zemo. Yeah, we thought it was. Uh, we thought it was very weird that. Uh, yeah, she shouldn't. Steve have been and her had a kiss in this movie. They should, she shouldn't have been in this movie. Um, Baron Zemo is in this. I like how they approach Baron Zemo in the movie much better. Than how they approached him in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Just to kind of keep that in mind. But he's good in this movie. I like him. Uh, the raft they go to. That's a look like a super prison. That is in the comics as well. I'll put that in the show notes. Did uh, they ever put the Avengers in it? During the Civil War. They put them in a prison in the negative zone. In a different dimension. <laughs> uh, so they didn't put them in the raft. They put is them the in- negative zone associated in any way with the TVA? Yes. Sort of, um, kind of. The negative. I've mentioned the negative, the negative zone before, um, but the negative zone is is the opposite of our universe. Um, so not really. No, 
No, no, it's not. It's not connected. Though. Were they in the null zone or the negative zone? No zone. No zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's so a similar concept, but different, different zone. Yeah. Basically. But no, 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 your questions pretty much answered all that stuff. We, we pretty much hit. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. So we, we got get a mid, we get two, we get a mid credit scene and a post credit. So go ahead. Uh, yeah. All right. So the mid credit scene is the winter soldier in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. What do you want to tell us about that? It's not much to tell except it's just previewing Black Panther's coming. So that's, tr- that's pretty much it. Um, so it's not really doing much else. How I like get that- there. Uh, that's a good question. In my mind, um, Tony's like Captain America could just somehow connects to to T'Challa, and then T'Challa flies him there. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, but that, that's a, I, I like the friendship between T'Challa and Steve, Captain America, and Black Panther. There is that fri- mm-hmm. that, that friendship exists in the comics as well. Uh, oh, I like okay. the fact that's they cool. they view they view each other as kind of like as equals. Everybody respects T'Challa a lot in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's almost feared, so um, it's kind of fun to see him like that. It's in, uh, and and um, again, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, who passed away. Um, right, I would have loved to have seen him do. We were, we'll talk about this more when we do Black Panther, but it's just kind of heartbreaking to see him on screen uh, and knowing that he. Yeah, passed I guess away. now knowing um, that he's not with us anymore um, yeah. helps me uh, accept that he's at least in two movies in the MCU instead of. Just having a standalone. He's in four movies in the MCU. He's in four movies. He's in. Oh. He's in Civil War. He's in Black Panther. He's in uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, that's right. He is in Endgame. Okay. All right. But yeah, yeah. Just rest in peace. Well, he's at least got more screen time before. Yeah, he has tons of screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, um, there's nothing really into that scene except to kind of preview that Black Panther the movie's coming, and of course. Everybody got and, and Black Panther was a massive success. So um, yeah, even though you yeah. hate it, Marvel did the right thing for them. Uh, uh, to be clear, I hated them introducing the character. Before yes, you don't hate his you own don't, movie. Yeah, you don't hate yeah. the Black Panther. You just hate the <laughs> right, how they right, do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then the end credit scene is with Spider Man in his room. Uh, he's got some his web slinger on his wrist. Yeah. Uh, activates something that he wasn't he didn't really know was there um aunt may comes in the room they talk about stuff and then when she leaves he's got some kind of a spidey signal coming out of his web slinger mm-hmm. the heck is that i don't know most people most people don't know but spider-man has a utility belt it's like under batman. His, like very much like batman so the utility belt holds so if you look at so let's say you take the wrist and you look at the web shooters the yeah. web shooters are on his wrist, and there's a little. They're supposed to be in the comments. There's a little block, like a little metal block, probably uh, a half an inch to an inch, and that and that holds the web fluid. So he has a whole belt of them around his waist. So whenever he runs out, he takes it off. He put, he gets a new one. He pops it in. Uh, on that belt is also. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll find some stuff in the show notes for you. Uh, on his belt is a little. Is a place that holds his spider trackers, these little spider trackers, and also is a uh, is a um, kind of a lamp or a flashlight on his belt. So he can actually click on his belt, and like a little Spider Man logo will shoot out from the belt. Uh, and so not many people notice that. What's um, he use that for? 
just to kind of, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a couple different cool scenes when he, when he uses it. It's kind of neat. It's like, oh, it's the Spider-Man logo. Oh, my goodness. But no, I, I don't know. Um, okay. But that's a shout-out to that. And I think it's really it's a really cool shout-out because, because only comic book old-school heads know that even existed. So that's, that's what right. it is. His, he doesn't have a belt in any of the movies, does he? No. No, 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 no. Like belt. even the earlier nope, two, no, two no uh, versions? Nope, okay. no belt. Nope. What about the cartoons? What cartoons? Oh, on the, on the light? No, like the belt. Does he have a belt? In oh, the, in, the, in, the comp, in the cartoons, he does have a belt, yes. Hmm. I don't remember that at all. I'll, I'll, dig, in, I'll dig into the show notes just so you can see it. Um, so it's really fun. Uh, and so it, it's a, it's, before, we, I know we run out of time, but there's a couple different things. This. So if you look at Spider-Man's suit, um, if you look at how his, the Spider-Man eyes are, you see how the eyes would narrow or widen, depending? It's actually yeah. a huge fight over Spider-Man's costume design. Some people like the narrow eyes, and some people like the wide eyes. And what Marvel did here was gave him both. So his eyes widen and narrow according to what they want to do. Uh, I, thought that was really, I thought that was really clever uh, and really well done. But old in, in the movie, they explained that uh, that like helps him focus because he's yeah. he's distracted. Yeah, it's like, like a he little like has ADHD or something like that. He has so he has heightened senses, so it's, he has so much oh, yeah, information yeah, yeah, yeah. coming. Heightened in. senses, right? Uh, right. So like it would narrow when he needs it to, wide when he doesn't need to. But um, it, but the real reason is it allows them to um, kind of manipulate his 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 costume a little bit to show more emotion, but also. Uh, old school heads like that narrow eyes, so it's, it's a lot to it. Um, and and, and Spider Man's costume design is a classic costume. You don't you don't screw with it much. And so I like the, I like the, I like the current costume. It looks really good. Yeah, it looked good. What about the um, the goggles and the, the makeshift costume that we saw earlier in the movie? The makeshift costume's terrible. Uh, but no, but if you're a poor fifteen year old, you, that's your costume. Yeah, yeah, like right. You know, that's what's going to look like. And then when you meet Tony Stark, you're going to get a really cool costume. So it is what it is. Was there any costumes like that in the in the comics at all? Or did he always have a pretty decent one. He always, yeah, he always had a decent costume. These movies were made. These comic books were made in the '60s, so the cost of living was far lower. So you could you you can make a costume for yourself. Yeah, that's it. I think that, I think that costume was kind of. I think there was a costume kind of like that in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, yeah, the, the Tobey Maguire movies and the Amazing Spider-Man movies. The costume is very similar. Uh, it's the, it's a classic red and blue costume with black webbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You can't screw Spider-Man's costume too much. Yeah, but that's it, really. Um, Civil War, great movie, one of my favorites. Um, sets us up for uh, the other movies coming out. Black it sets us up for Black Panther. Sets us up for Spider Man movies, but it sets us up for the, uh, the rest of the Avengers movie. It does a great job. Yeah, so it's great. I like it. I, this is my favorite, hands down. Yeah, what's our next movie? Uh, I don't know. What is our next movie? According our next to movie is our next movie is Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, you know I've only watched Doctor Strange in totality once so i think this is gonna be on the plane this is gonna be my own plane movie 100 mm-hmm, percent. i think i've seen it twice so this will be my third it's interesting that there's no kind of hints to dr strange at all in any of the prior movies there like, is not even it, there not is it. there is one uh oh all right and captain america went to soldier uh when they're on the rooftop and they throw that agent over and they break him up 
he starts saying this. And he's saying how Hydra's watching everybody. He says Doctor Strange's name. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So it's very. It's a very subtle hint. Um, but yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, they don't make the same connections with Doctor Strange as they did the other movies. I'm and not there's sure. no like end credit scene with uh, no. like Thor's hammer. I don't think was. they. I don't think they could. There's no room for it. So they don't, they don't have a lot of choices, you know. So, but um, yeah. but yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah. So yeah, Doctor Strange is next, and then we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and then Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. So we still got a lot of movies to go. We're we're going through them for a pretty good clip, but we got some more to go through. Yeah. All right, so uh, tell your friends about this podcast. Follow us, rate and review uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast. That'll really help out. We're yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. We're on and Twitter. Yeah, we're on Spotify, right? Yeah, we're on. We're on all those all those uh, podcast apps. Yeah. If we're not on your podcast app, let us know at Super Show on Twitter, and we'll get that fixed. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter at jslacks. That's J A Y. S L A C K S and Mike's on Twitter as Mike. What is M I K B R E? Yeah, M R K B R E. Yep. And we're all in yep. the and this and the podcast is also on Twitter as well. Yep. At Super Sideshow. Yeah. So follow us. Ask us questions. Send us notes. We'd love to hear from you guys. And even if you if you're thinking I listen to this podcast, I like this podcast, but I'm not going to send them a question. Who cares? Send us one anyway. <laughs> it would just be fun to, just to hear from you guys and, the, and, and to answer your questions. 